You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. I cue the intro music. But I do so now. Let it be known that I, Quan, Worldbringer of Terrace, am a fraud. Alindy was never the hero of ages. At best, I have amplified his virtues, creating a hero where there was none. At worst, I fear that all we may believe may have been corrupted. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did the apograph say something interesting? <laughs> oh, that's weird, huh? <laughs> oh, man. What What the heck? Okay, so he, he might have created the hero, or their beliefs might be corrupted? Wah, wah. Wah, wah. All right. 35. Okay. So. How to go about this? Ellen uh, is meeting with Set and they're having dinner. And the dinner is made of food that's specifically designed to be messy. Vin is sitting there like, yeah, he's trying to make everyone uncomfortable. That's part of what I remember. Uh, <laughs> you jump straight into it. Yeah, Vince confident about herself. She likes the dresses. Tendrils like, listen, you can be all you can be. I just put in my notes: Tendrils being an amazing mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, yeah, you know, you can be you, and you this this is you too. And Helen's like, I'm glad you're in dresses again because the pants and trousers were you, but this is also you. You know, we're having we're gonna have a good time here. They go to Seth's dinner exactly like you said. Set chose uh chooses a meal that is super messy on purpose to throw Ellen off, and Set's like eating it with his fingers and just being like a slob. But Vin points out Set also chose the best keep because it was a keep, it was a keep that had a super tall tower. That only way you could get up to the top of it was through handmade pulleys or man man controlled pulleys. That if Set were to be attacked. He could send most of his army up with him, get to the very top, and cut it, and there'd be virtually no taking it from him. So, Set's smart. Uh, and we get to see this straight up. Set basically says, like, hey, you, uh, Set lays out how he played Ellen perfectly, and you fell for it, and you're a big dummy, and I'm super smart, and I'm good at this, and you're bad at this, so kind of get over it. And basically, he insults Ellen, throws him off. And Ellen's going to leave. And so this is where Seth goes, no, listen, we still have a deal to make. And he's like, what's the deal? And he goes, the ATM. And at this point, Ellen's like, what do you mean? They talked about Breeze. This is the best part. They talked about Breeze. And Seth was all like, I knew exactly what Breeze is. You think I would be stupid enough to not know the survivor, a member of the survivor's own crew? You know, I'm not dumb. I knew exactly what Breeze was. I, you know... I he went running when I couldn't turn him. Essentially, you know, I didn't expect him to be so agile and get away. But uh, Seth's like, so what about the you know what about the ATM essentially? And they have a discussion. You know, I jumped ahead of myself. Last thing I want to cover before that ATM discussion is, Ellen goes, all right, you're you're so straightforward with everything. That's what you pride yourself on, right? Like, what would happen if you became king? He goes, if I became king, the first thing I'd ha- I'd do is have you assassinated. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, you just can't have old monarchs hanging around. What, <laughs> what's the next thing you do? I dissolve the assembly. You know, P- 
people can rule themselves all fine and dandy during peace, but during wartime, you know. Mm-mm. You can't have assemblies that can dissolve you at any point in time. And then on top of that, he says, I wouldn't even put the assembly back in place anyway, because you, when he goes, when you get to my point, you learn once you consolidate power, you hold on to it with any way, shape, or form. You don't give it away at any point. And then he's like, what about the people? And he's like, they will go back to being ska. They will be slaves, just like the way the Lord Ruler ran it. And, um, yeah, that's been that. And they get to discussion, and that's when Ellen's like, I'm getting out of here. Like, you're, there's nothing you can say that'll make me change. And he goes, ATM. And this is when Ellen turns it back on him and says, what do you mean? We don't have the ATM. And he goes, yeah, you do. All the rumors and everything. He just goes, oh, so you really didn't know what Breeze was doing. He's like, Breeze started those rumors. He's like, no, he downplayed the rumors. He didn't. He's like, oh, man. That's when he realized he's been had. Yeah. And (laughs) hey, to Seth's credit, he just goes, oh, looks like I underestimated you the same way you did me. Because that that actually worked. And uh, yeah. Ellen's basically like, is there any way we can get the food? And Seth's like, nah. And Ellen's like, well... The food. Set set says that he has food, specifically canned food, uh, because he came from the canneries. uh, And so the Lord really, he's like, yeah, it's remarkable stuff. It's it's where we can keep food and it doesn't go bad. Yeah, it doesn't spoil, you know. And Ellen's like, well, you're not going to give me the food. I don't have the ATM. And Set's like, and I can't just hold you hostage because you got nothing. He goes, goes, you're not even king anymore. He goes, so I can't just hold you hostage. And Ellen's like, yeah, he goes, well, Set goes, well, crap. I guess I just gotta let you go, and that's that's the end of the chapter. Although the one big thing is that did mention that he killed thousands of people in order to secure his power. So yeah, that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. All right. Uh, another thing I think that, that was super important too was Vin was looking for signs of a Mistborn, and she couldn't really find any. But she did realize again, Seth's being super clever. There were a bunch of Alamancers that were out in the open that she discovered really easily, and then she pierced a copper cloud and she realized that set had another set of alamancers as a go team ready to interfere if anything went on hidden oh and one other one quick thing a little, little tidbit that that happened um i loved how he was like he said he like insulted someone and i think ven said something and he's like see this is what you central nobles are about you you're more offended by the fact that i'm not polite than the fact that i marched an army at your doorstep so yeah yeah exactly <laughs> anyway all right chapter 36 all right, so 36. I'm just going to start out by saying I, I love this chapter. Mm-hmm. I love this chapter so much. Uh, all right, so we get a, a Sazed point of view, right? The, he's in these warehouses that he points out as like, these were the warehouses in which we kept all of the, the weapons that supplied the revolution, essentially. And now it's full of non-fighting civilians as Straff led through. And Sazed, like straight up pointed out that all the able-bodied men were missing because Straff pulled them into his army before he let the rest continue into the city. So he grabbed all the abled men who could fight. And Sazed sees, I feel so bad. Sazed's focus was religion. And yet he's seeing more and more about how he's like, how would knowing their forefathers' religions help them when they can't feed themselves and can't protect themselves and everywhere they go, they're dying. My information's pretty useless right now. And he's starting to believe it. And Tendril comes in and finds him. And, uh, yeah. Tendril is nice. I think for the first time, is nice. And so At least like, to Sazed. Yeah, to Sazed. And it was like, I want you to, to show me what caused you to run across two dominances to get back here, essentially. 
And Stacey gets really happy and goes, of course, let's do it. And then we get a Breeze point of view. And we learn that Breeze was soothing Tyndall. And Breeze is just talking. And he just goes, I hate the bad rep that soothers get. Soothers get. Well, he's soothing, soothing Tyndall and Stacey. Yeah. He's like, soothing is not invasive. It's not as, inv-, and he goes, and if you consider it invasive, it's not any more invasive than a woman lowing, uh, wearing a low cut shirt, you know, a man giving a gift to sway the way you think. It's no more intensive than that in any way, shape, or form. But he describes, he goes, a lot of people think soothers, all it is is playing with emotions, but like we learned in the first book, the more important thing is, is being able to read someone's emotions because anybody could pick up that you're soothing them if a, an emotion that they weren't feeling in the first place pops up out of nowhere. So you need to basically read the room. And that's something that Breeze is very good at. He mentions Tendul and says it. You know, I'm going to soothe Sazed because Sazed needs to need some courage. He needs that 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 feeling of depression, literally, to be lifted off his shoulders a bit so he can shoulder the burden of all these people. You know, uh, his tiredness. He can we can soothe some of his emotions, kind of pull that tiredness away from him because he looks super tired. Tendul, underneath, you know, we're gonna soothe that that feeling of disappointment that she has with Sazed. And here's how he goes, and here's how you know it's not mind control, because. If my if it was mind control, the minute that Tendril and Sazed left, Tendril wouldn't be nice to him anymore because that feeling would be gone. But instead, the feelings that she has, and he mentions curiosity and love, the feelings that she has, curiosity and love, were always there, masked by something else. And so when I removed the disappointment, they were allowed to come out, and you'll see that they're gonna that they're going to have that, and. Breeze, like the thing that kill that the, the thing that makes me love this so much, right? Is you know we've been hinted at this entire time. Breeze is like not that nice. Like everyone's like Breeze is not that he he cares about himself. He's a selfish guy. But we see he's soothing everyone in there. He's so- every he's like oh the mother who lost her children. We're gonna soothe some of those emotions away. Oh the the the, the man who came in and he just starts he's reading the room and he's soothing this pain the pain away and everything and trying to make people feel better. He mentions that how you know. I think that he he mentions all this at a point like Ellen walks in and Breeze immediately starts soothing away his anxiety and other things to make him a better, to make him feel more confident, be a better leader. He immediately starts soothing Ham's, uh, because Breeze, uh, Ellen asks Ham to go round up the merchants and to show them these people and be like, let's see how they think when they see these people. And Ham doesn't want to do that because he's nervous to confront people and Breeze immediately soothes that away from him to try to make him feel more confident to go talk to these people. And this entire time we get this we get this side of breeze of someone who is caring who's someone who is understanding emotion and who's doing his best to help in the way he can and you know ham does the normal ham thing and calls him out and says oh you're just hopeless you know you uh you know you don't care for anyone and breeze is like you know that's what i'm best at is not caring about a single person and it's not true because we get to see breeze go hang out with clubs and they start drinking an unlikely pair to be hanging out and drinking together but we learn why. Breeze, despite saying it's not mind control, despite saying he goes, I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm a natural at soothing now to the point that I do it to everyone and anyone immediately. And so how do I know that the people who like me don't like me just because I'm consistently soothing them, consistently making them feel better about me? And that's what he likes about clubs is because clubs can't be affected. And so he knows when clubs hangs out with them and they, they talk. That it's real. That clubs actually sees him as a friend. 
and we get the confirmation by for what Bree said. I asked him if if he wanted me to stay, and he said nothing, which is probably like the best <laughs> the best indicator that we are friends that there can be. And yeah, so we get that. Orianne finds Breeze, and um, we get that. So we're still in Breeze's head, and we realize Breeze does really like this girl. And we get a switch to Vin. And we find out that she's a rioter. She's rioting Breeze's emotions. <laughs> oh, man. There was a mention in the last chapter where where Ellen's like, uh, what if, uh, you know, do you want your daughter back? And he's like, no. Nah. He's like, He's like, but you weren't mad that Breeze seduced your daughter? He goes, no, that's not what happened. I'm 100% convinced that Orianne seduced Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> and we see it's happening right now, right? But the thing here that's pretty big is that we learn that clubs, clubs is clear. He's good to go. Mm-hmm. He He's running his copper. He's running his copper. And Vin's able to pierce it. And it's like, yep, that is it. That is, that is the one. So we have marked off. Breeze, we've tentatively marked off Dachshund on our list here. At the, or we marked off, cl- sorry, Clubs and Breeze. We've tentatively knocked off Dachshund. You know, Vin doesn't think it's him, but we can't prove that one. And so, you know, we're getting to very slim pickings here on who could the spy be. But Vin's like, well, let's just go get Demu. Because by this point, I've gone through basically everyone. And, uh... It's it's got to be him. So we're gonna go arrest him. And Vin had a spy watching Demu, but Demu snuck away, and so Vin has to go track him down, which isn't hard. And she finds him and she follows him. And Demu goes to like this square that has two hundred people gathered in it, and they're drinking soup and just having like and basically just hanging out with each other before Demu starts preaching. And Vin's like, "Crap! Oh, he's a member of the Church of the Survivor." She's not very happy to hear about that. But Demu talks about things, about how like you shouldn't fear the mist. The survivor taught everyone. But the thing that's important here that we see is that Demu says that the survivor chose Elland. So you, so, and the people start questioning that, and they go, yeah, no, I don't care. You shouldn't be questioning this. The survivor chose Elland. You know? What about you know this? Well, Lady Vin chose Elland. Lady Vin is the heir to the survivor she wouldn't choose a weak man y'all need to support ellen and demu is basically preaching to the masses here that they need to go to the assembly members and convince them that ellen needs to stay kink so oh something big here demu preaches that vin is supposed to bring about the stop the bring the stop to the falling of the ash mount and return the sun and the world to its normal state where the heck did that come from? Well, she asks our sir, like, did you say anything like this? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. I think I just, uh, it was just a bunch of, you know, yeah, when basic. You, when you were imitating Kelsier, what did you say? Right, right. And so he's like, I, I, he's like, nothing particularly exciting. Nothing like this. Yeah, I just was like, hey, I'm here. I'm hope. Y'all need to go kill a bunch of nobles. So that's basically what he the was The time saying. has come. And yeah, so... Vin, you know, jumps Demu, you know, after the meeting and talks to Demu about it. And Demu's like, listen, like she realizes Demu's a real believer. He talks about how, like, I think Demu even says, I don't think he denies because Vin's like, well, you know, Kelsier, he's not a god. He was a man. And like Demu like sidesteps that real fast. He doesn't. 
he doesn't call the Kelsier a deity, but he also isn't like he's not because he's like, I felt his power and now I know it was an Alamancy. I know what he did, but I still feel like I feel that sometimes in the mm-hmm. mist. Mm-hmm. I still feel like I feel that power in the mist. And 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 Vince like, oh, he's a believer. <laughs> Oops. Um um sorry i couldn't think of like a believer joke like a <laughs> but yeah he's a believer and vince like i don't think he's the spy which is like really unfortunate because uh if he's not the spy that means that somebody here still is the spy and uh yeah that's where we're left so i mean Big cliffhanger there, but one of the things I was interested in is that that Orian is a lawyer, a uh, lawyer. Excuse me, a rioter. <laughs> Orian is a lawyer. Uh, a rioter. I don't know where a lawyer came from, um, because I remember she was the one that also was being real sneaky, beaky, like uh, earlier on, like e- dropping some eaves. Yeah, and so okay, so here's the thing that scares me about that, though, right? When you think about that, she was eavesdropping, right? she could write emotions that's the emotion that was felt right you know is she misborn was is she ten eye yeah because vin has this feeling that there's a misborn around set right mm-hmm. like it, it thinks it's set what if it's not set she she was rather blase about it like oh look she's a rioter she's writing his emotions anyway yeah, that's what <laughs> Brandon's so good at these like half turns, but that's that's the thing I'm thinking about there. When I first like read that, I was like, wait a second, she was listening in and everything. Like, is she possibly a a misborn? Because he because Set didn't care that his daughter was taken. Uh, yeah, finger and, quotes. Yeah, and so like, does Set not care about his daughter, or like, is Set not worried about his daughter? But again, I, I mentioned how much I like Set. He reminds me very much of like Tywin Lannister. Um, you know i'm just like but like Tywin's still too tricky because tywin organized well i'm just saying that like what i mean is is that he's one of those guys you love to hate like he's like true good bad guy good bad guy you're just like daggum dude like he's really making a lot of sense you know he's just very direct and Mm -hmm. he's like i'm gonna assassinate you that's the first thing i'm gonna do and you know it's it's really interesting how he plays it out but he basically says like look I'm here to take power and it's not like I it's like I'm not going to do like great things like I'm not going to sit here and instill power to the people or anything like that but you know it sounds like his tyrannical reign comes down to the fact that he honestly thinks he could just do things better um and he's like yeah I'm I do terrible things to keep power but it honestly feels like he's like I, I think I'm the right person. Yeah, I keep I keep power because I'm the best person for the job. Yeah. And he's basically like, you know, the reason he's going to reinstate like, you know, the ska being where they were before and the nobles being where they were before is because it worked. And it was the most stable government they've had so far. Right. And so he's like, you're trying to shake things up and it's obviously going to cause a lot of issues. And I don't dis- I disagree that it's the best thing for everybody. I think, you know, these not only is this the way I think it should be, I think it's the way people want it to be. You know, I think the Scott would be pretty enthusiastic about, you know, being able to, you know, have some more stability and everything. And the nobles obviously would be very happy with the re- with the rearrangement. So and he's right. He's 100 percent right. I mean, you can't say that with the Scott. I guess he's not. Yeah, the Scots, the, 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 Scar, are... the Scott and the city are iffy because I feel like some of them still want their freedom and stuff like that. But we saw from Sazed, the Scott on the plantations. Oh, Lord, they would love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, so he's he's. Just very direct. He's like, uh, is he a bad guy? Well, he's 
not a great guy, um, but it's not like uh, Straff where he's just, I mean, the the counterpoint with like Straff, it seems like Straff just wants power for power's sake. Yeah. He does no real ambition other than to just be super duper freaking powerful. Um, at least Set is like, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I want to be super duper powerful and I'm going to do a lot of things to maintain, to do that. But, you know, it's because I think honestly, this is probably what's right. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, he's like, he's more anti-Ellen than Straff is. Yeah. Like, Straff is like... Straff is like mustache-twirling villain, evil. Yeah, he's just like very, like, you know, knife and dagger about things, but, you know, Ellen is very upfront. He's very upfront, like, this is who I am, this is how I'm gonna be. Set is, this is who I am, this is who I'm gonna be. Ellen isn't playing any games. He's not the good guy playing games. And Straff, Straff is the bad guy playing games. Set, he could say he's playing games, but he's also just like, look, I'm, he's like, I tell everyone exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you power. And in the end, you are going to make me king. And I'm going to make everything go back to where it was. And we're going to use our combined military might to push Straff away. And we're going to get everything back in order. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's, again, it's kind of a cool little refreshing thing. And then the little subtle moves he makes. He has his Alamancers like out in the open, so of course Ven's gonna find them. And then he has like that little secret group of Alamancers he didn't realize that she could find. Um, then uh, he gets food specifically so they could be really really messy, so that it knocks them off their off their thing. And it's because he says, you know, in the Western dominances, we basically don't care about all this polite BS that you guys talk about. We're very we're all straight shooting, you know, individuals, and so. The fact is, is that you guys will be more offended that I wore the wrong thing here than if I actually insult you or do something that's truly reprehensible. And I'm only going to be mad if you actually do something real. Yeah. That's pretty refreshing. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely very fun, very interesting. Um, going forward with that though, Breeze, I like Breeze. I like I've like. I've, he was very interesting to me in the first book, and I feel like we never got to explore how cool uh, that power is, right? Because we've talked about it, right? In the first book, what was the cool thing we learned? What was the 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 weakest one, the weakest alimantic power that ended up being so freaking cool, right? Copper. <laughs> I'm just saying. Bronze seeking? No, no okay. Yeah, bronze seeking. Seeking, seeking, yeah. yeah. Copper. Um, bronze seeking, Well, right? copper doesn't do anything if you're alone- yeah, except so bron- for make you immune for emotional alimancy. So bronze and seeking, right? So that's what we had there. Here now, and we we got a little bit of a hint of it with soothing. I think I was mentioning in the first uh, book when we were going through it, where we had Breeze helping Kelsier by like riling people up, keeping their emotions steady, and actually having the skull form like a a decent attack force on the Inquisitors and the the people at that point in the first book. And we saw how cool it could be there. But we're seeing another application of just how freaking cool soothing is. Just with like with the way breezes. I love I love how this breeze is just this background character, but after seeing and reading through this, we realize how much of an effect he has. If we look at this now, if we look through the past events through the lens that we had, through this new lens we have with Breeze, can you imagine how down on himself ellen would be in these group meetings if breeze wasn't doing it could you imagine how these other characters would feel how beaten down they would feel if breeze wasn't just consistently lifting them up 
it's kind of it's crazy to think about. No, it is, and I mean the thing. The other thing is, is that I feel like um, in the in Final Empire, it was a little bit more say don't show kind of thing. When it came, everyone kept saying, "Oh, Breeze, you're a good guy. Oh, you know, you're you really are, you know, good at heart or whatever." But like here, you know, you're just kind of thumbing through his, you know, his own thought processes, and he really doesn't see like you know, uh, soothing as like a weird manipulative mind control thing, you know, anything more than what anyone else ever does, you know. And he also understands it to be an art, like you know, you can't you you can't just be super direct, but. You know, there's no reason that he has to soothe, you know, the grieving woman, the the woman grieving over her child. There's no reason, you know, he has to, like, make, you know, people com- more confident in their uh, side conversations or anything like that. He just does it. Um, and it's just a skill he has. And it's just like, you know, if you have a friend who's at com- who knows when to come over and pat you on the back and give you, you know, a good a, a good word or two in a way that actually affects you that's not evil or bad or anything like that. And that's the way he sees it. Um, and, you know, I got to agree. Like, you know, as he said, you, you were talking about earlier, if it was mind control, then as soon as you got out of his sphere of influence, you would just go, Oh my gosh, now I'm going to go back to what I was doing. But it's not, he's just really kind of giving you giving people a nudge. But though it's nice is to see, like he does it constantly, almost un- basically unconsciously. And he's doing it to help people. Because he could just as easily make people absolutely miserable. Like he could just squelch, you know, any sense of satisfaction or, ha- or happiness or anything like that. But he doesn't. And I mean, you know, or he could be doing nothing. And that's the thing. That's, I think, the real thing. He could be doing nothing. That's how he pretends to be, though. He pretends like he's doing nothing. He pretends like he has to be told exactly what to do. Otherwise, he's not going to help or something like that. But in reality... It's the complete opposite. Right. And even, I mean, I remember one time when he was yelling at Kelsier and Kelsier was like, don't you ever soothe me. And honestly, it was probably just a reflex. He probably was, you know, not, you know, consciously trying to go out and do anything. And he's just gotten so good at it. So what I want to pull from this real chapter with Breeze is that he's doing it unconsciously, which means he's at this point been wired, wired himself into just helping people with his elements. He, even if it's subtle, and even if he's just walking by, which I think is really neat. Church of the Survivor. The Church of the Survivor is uh, getting worse. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, mean wor- thing. I don't mean worse isn't a bad thing. I think purely through Vin's point of view, it's getting worse. It's well, getting... And that's the thing is like, you know, we haven't really had... We have some run-ins with Vin... And, like, she's like, I think the church overstates things, and she doesn't like how the attention it gets her. But, like, why is the Church of the Survivor a bad thing, you know? Like, they, it's Kelsier's plan come to its, you know, logical conclusion. Um, he martyred himself, and he's with a bunch of people, he did it with a bunch of people who are, you know, very superstitious. They haven't done anything bad, you know, we haven't seen, like, you know, acts of terrorism or anything like that under the church as a survivor. We haven't, I guess, seen anything good either. I guess they aren't like, I mean, they're trying to give people hope, you know, but that's, um, but I, I don't know. It's, I find it funny that Vin has such an aversion to the church or the aversion when she finds like the, the movie baby evolved. It's like, okay. It was a thought again, right? She doesn't feel comfortable being like their, their object, their eye 
What, what's the word? I don't feel I don't feel comfortable being this thing, but I could be the hero of ages. Yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> what I is, mean, what is just the? It's a contradiction. The, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You nah. know <laughs> what? What? Uh, Lady Air? Nah, hero of ages. That's mm, that's the one. That's maybe. the one. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean, it, it, I think it is kind of funny the way she's acting with it, but I can understand. I guess I can kind of understand it. Plus, it's also a reminder of Kelsier, you know, and mm. it's it's just like this constant thing of like. Oh, everyone thinks he was so great. He was so amazing and all this other stuff. But really, he was just a big con man who I really, really, you know, respect. But still, you know. Yeah. I mean, the religion's evolving, too. That's what she's noticing. It's evolving pretty quick to it, it used to just be, like you said, get up, get your pitchforks, go stab the nearest noble. Now it's like Vin, the lady heir is going to be the one to, you know. Bring put, back. Put, put the world back to normal, you know. And then she was even saying, "Who knew about this being normal?" And Demu was like, "That was me." <laughs> well, that was that was me. And you know, in that vein, you know, they all say that she's going to bring the world back to normal. And uh, she had her own theory on the deepness. And in the next chapter, we're going to find out that Sazen and Tendril have their own theories on the deepness. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.